Well, amen. Good to see you this morning. How many of you are hot this morning? How many of you are cold this morning? How many of you are just right? Yeah, good. Well, October 4th, just two weeks away, we were back inside. Today is my five-year anniversary pastoring here at Monclova Road Baptist Church. And um, thank you. I thought this morning, in five years, I've led us from inside of a beautiful building to a tent. Isn't that wonderful? Great success, I guess. Five years later, we're under a tent. And I'm um, looking out this morning, I think we have more not under the tent, enjoying the sun. And um, I'm glad that we're able to be here today together. And um, I'm glad the Lord has just allowed us to worship him. I enjoy that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Especially today, I'm going to preach a message on how should we stand in the day of trouble? How should we stand in the day of trouble? Now, if you are in love with the person next to you, I want you to move a little bit closer so you warm them up because I don't want anybody to leave early. So go ahead. If you're in love with the person next to you, if the person next to you did not move closer, there's a problem. If you want to be in love with the person next to you and they don't know it, now's the time to let them know. Move a little closer. If you don't want to be in love, no, I won't go there. I want you to pray if you would. Heidi Burgess had surgery this past week and um, she is going to be out a couple months. And so I want you to pray for Heidi, if you would, please. Also, continue to pray for Doug Davison in his uh, treatment that he's having for his cancer. This is uh, very important, and uh, I know that he would desire your prayers, covet your prayers. Also, Rick Schunk uh, uh, called me this morning, and one of his workers by the name of Scott Morris was um, in a car accident um, this past week and is not doing well. And uh, just pray for Rick. Um, and uh, obviously Scott, but Rick, this just brings back memories for Rick. As many of you know, if you've been here for uh, a long time here at our church, Rick's son, Jeremiah, was killed in a crack right here on Coda Road um, quite a bit ago now. So it just kind of brings back um, difficult memories for Rick. And so pray for pray for him, if you would, please, uh, today. Also, Cindy Shackelford, her father passed away. Uh, this week, and uh, funeral was the end of the week, so if you pray for Cindy and her family. And uh, this past Wednesday night, um, we were back inside. So our midweek services, we've moved. Our one o'clock, we started. We had a great crowd on our one o'clock service. That is takes place in Building A. And then we had uh, seven o'clock, our Awana has started again. Our teens have started again. And um, so we are going to begin just um, our fall program the best that we can. You know, we've just taken off too long. It's time to get back uh, to whatever normal we can. And uh, you say, well, so why aren't we back inside? Because we rented a tent for the month of September and I'm too cheap not to use it. I feel like if we rented it, we need to be out under here. Um, But I was questioning that this morning. Um, Maybe we'll have hot cider or something for you next Sunday or pray, pray that it's 70 degrees out next Sunday. Um, But, um, we're going to get back to normal at, with our uh, just our ladies' Bible studies start at the end of this month, Thursday night and Friday mornings. 
uh, Grief Share has started, and um, Biblical Health has started on Monday evening. So uh, they had some, this past Monday was the first of those two. If you miss those and want to be involved in those ministries, it's not too late. You can still be involved in in those. Uh, call the church office. We'll get you as much information on those as possible. Acts chapter 24, my wife came in my room this morning, our room, not my room, it's our room. We, we do share a room. Um, uh, separate beds, but we do share a room. No, we, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Michelle came in our room this morning and she said, as if 2020 wasn't bad enough. I said, what happened? And she said, there's a meteor coming toward earth and it might hit us. I said, babe, it's like, 2,000 light miles away or whatever, light years away. I said, it's not even going to come close. And she said, there's a 0.009% chance. And we have shut down this country with COVID for even less of a chance. And she said, it's going to help. We're going to be in trouble. We're living in troubled, troubled days. So my wife is upset over this meteor that's coming. And uh, I tried to calm her down. And um, maybe you could help me today. She's preparing. Uh, she's got a mask over her entire house now. And thinking that might help. But we're living in a day of trouble. Pastors in California are threatened with jail. And I've said this to you often. We need to pray for them. Churches in New Jersey and California are under threat of jail and great fines, and they've already been fined for churches meeting indoors. Churches um, are closing. We need to pray for our country. We really need to pray. Wildfires, they say some four million acres of our country have been burned and are burning from these wildfires. I talked to a friend of mine that lives in Florida, um, they've been without electric just about this whole week and still without electric. They had to leave and go to Louisiana for a few days because of flooding and uh, power outages and, and just problems there in the south due to this flood that just hit with that hurricane. Our country's in trouble. Prayer has been banned from schools and Bibles have been banned from schools places that it's not banned, they refuse to use them. When I see these things like suicide and depression rates are on the rise, substantially on the rise here in our country, we're living in a, a day of trouble. Churches are closing their doors. The average church is saying right now that only 45 to 50% of their attendance pre-COVID is now back meeting again some less than 50%. I know personally of five pastors now that have resigned during the COVID crisis pandemic in our country just because it's just too difficult. Many are just polarized with fear and hatred for fellow human beings. Murders and violent crimes, shootings, are on a rise. Some up over 100, I read of one this past week in one city in our major city in our country, it's up over 200% over these last several months. 
those that are there to protect us are hated. I saw this last week and a half or so ago. Two of our nation's police officers were shot. Cold blood. Someone walked up to their car, shot them, and then they protested. Wouldn't let them in the front and the back of the hospital, the entrances into the emergency room. They stood blocking them from being able to get into the hospital, shouting, let them die. Our country's in trouble. And how, how can we stand in the day of trouble? I, I want to I talk about that today. I want us to look at this because, church, we need to know how to stand. We need to know what to do. Getting on social media and acting like a fool doesn't change anything. It doesn't. So what is the Christian's response to this? Behaving ungodly isn't the answer. I want you to know this, though, that for since, the, since Christ came, Christians have been persecuted. There's been trouble. Since the man sinned, there's always been trouble in this world. What has man done? What has a Christian done? Paul in Acts chapter number 24, if you'll turn there with me, how many of your Bibles just follow and put into the book of Acts now? We're almost finished. We're almost finished. We find in Acts chapter 24, I'm going to begin reading just for sake of time here today. I'm going to begin reading in verse number Uh, Let me begin reading in verse number 10. And just what's happened is Paul is now taken to Felix. He's taken to Caesarea. It's uh, a place on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, just a little north and west, it would be, from Jerusalem where he was arrested. And Paul is desired to be in Jerusalem because he wanted to come and he wanted to worship there. And As he got there, Paul wasn't even preaching necessarily the gospel, but they recognized him, the Jews that were from Asia that also came for Pentecost. They came and they began to uh, see Paul there in the temple and they knew what Paul had done. And they said, this Paul has turned the world upside down. He's caused major issues. And they, they came to Paul. And remember, we've looked, they desired to kill Paul. That was what their goal was, to kill Paul. For what reason? Because Paul was preaching the gospel. He was messing up everything, all the customs and, and what they've been taught as a child and, and what they grew up in in the law. He's messing everything up by simply saying that Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He rose again. And what many, the Sadducees, were upset with Paul over is he was preaching the resurrection. You see, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Paul was saying that we are going to we are going to be resurrected. Those that are that those that have faith in Jesus Christ, He's going to come again. He told the church at Thessalonica that that a trump's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise, and those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up in the clouds with them forever to be with Jesus forever. And He's preaching that there is a resurrection. Jesus Christ is coming back. And they're upset with that over, over what Paul's preaching. And now Paul is in Caesarea and he's before Felix. And 
Paul, look with me in verse number 10, then Paul, after the, that the governor had beckoned unto him to speak and, and answered, for as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do more cheerfully answer by myself, for myself, because that thou mayest understand that thou, there are yet many, but oh, I'm sorry, but 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem for to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues nor in the city. Paul said, I haven't done anything what they're accusing me of doing. What are they accusing Paul of doing? Look, look over in verse number five, for we have found this man a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. I mean, they, they really have Paul to be this horrible person. He's the leader of the sect. Well, what was, why the Nazarenes? Because Jesus was a, from Nazareth. He said this in verse 14, but, I, but this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation in offerings, whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with uh, multitude nor with tamulet, who also to have been here before thee and object if they had aught against me. Or else let these same here say, if they have found any evil doing in me, while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. I want you to see in that verse, standing among them. I want to look how Paul stood. Now, I understand in this context, Paul, he, he stood among them during this time, and he he physically stood and began to tell them of Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul in 1 Corinthians, these places that Paul visited during his missionary journeys, he wrote to the church at Corinth, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. He said, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Paul is going to write several times in his epistles to the churches that he had either started or was a part of during these missionary journeys. Paul is going to write them and he tells them to stand. And I would say the same thing to our church today that we need to stand. Some think this, what do we do? Let's just do nothing. I don't believe that's the answer. But what is the answer? If the answer is to do nothing, if the answer is, is that there's something that must be done, then let's look into Scripture and find what Paul did here in this chapter and also the instructions that we have to stand in the day of trouble. I want you to understand this, Christian. The day of trouble, it is at hand. It's here. It, it could, it very well, very well could get worse in our lifetime. 
and if Jesus Christ comes in our lifetime and we pray that he does because we want to see him, we want to see heaven, if he does indeed come and doesn't tarry his coming, then it is going to get worse. It's going to. And so what do we as Christians do? Paul said to the church at Galatia, uh, in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Paul said, as the things are getting worse, as the day of the Lord approaches, church, stand and don't get entangled with the yoke of bondage. What does that mean? Don't go back into the sin that you were saved from. Now's not the time for us to, to go back and enjoy the things of this world. Now's not the time for us to go back and, and get back involved in the things that once held us in bondage. He said, stand fast, therefore, in what the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. We are free in Christ. And therefore, we ought to stand. He told the church in Ephesians 6, 11, to put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. Satan is on a terror. He's trying to do everything he can to stop the work of God, to stop the church of God, to, to, to hinder the gospel from going forth. And Paul said to the church to stand, put on the whole armor of God and stand against the devil. So he tells the church at Corinth to stand. He tells in Galatians 5 the church to stand. He tells in Ephesians church to stand. He tells the church in Philippi, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. He simply says to this church, stand fast. Stand, church. It's not time to, to give up. It's not time to walk away. It's not time to give in. It's time the church stands. He tells the church in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught wherewith by word or by epistle. He said to the church, what the things that you've been taught, whether it is in a message preached like today, as long as it's from the word of God or an epistle that was written by Paul, he says to the church there in Thessalonica, stand, stand church. Hold on to the things that you've been taught. Don't just take it and allow it to go in and go back out. Live by the principles of God word, God's word. Live through the, the, the truth of God's word. But stand fast, church. Paul's writing to the churches that he visited during these missionary journeys. And he says to them, stand. And I would say the same thing, church, stand. Stand for the Lord. Don't, don't, don't get comfortable in the day of trouble, but we must stand. You say, well, voices like ours aren't, uh, uh, people aren't interested in hearing. Well, I, I would say this. I don't think there was a time, Paul, let's go back 2,000 years. There wasn't a voice in Paul's day where they were interested in hearing. Paul is in prison. He's in jail now, and he is now going to see his death because he stood for the gospel stake, but he still stood. Stephen, the first martyr, he, his life was taken there because he stood for the gospel stake, but he still stood. Jesus Christ was was placed upon the cross and his life was taken. He was nailed to that tree. His blood was shed. He was placed in that grave because he stood. Oh, Christian, now is the time for us to stand. We can't quit in the day of ad ad adversity. We must stand. Christian, now is not the day to walk away. 
Husbands and wives, today is the day that you stand in your marriage. You determine today that we are going to have a godly marriage. We are going to stand. Young people, teenagers, children, now more than ever, we need a generation to stand for truth. Stand. Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you know what he says in verse 14? Stand, therefore. Do everything you can. Prepare yourself to stand. Church, we need to prepare ourselves for battle. If we don't think that there's a battle raging, then we are going to fall. We need to understand there is an enemy. His name is Satan, and he's doing everything he can to destroy Christianity. He's doing everything he can to uh, pollute this world. He's doing everything he can to cause resistance against the gospel of Christ. And we must understand that, and we must stand. On purpose, Paul said, do all that you can to stand. Stand, therefore. I like... I like Paul, Paul's message. I, I think Paul would be one of those inspirational men if you ever met him. He was probably one of those guys, his, his passion, his zeal was, was very uh, attractive and people followed him because of, of who he was. I mean, here's a guy, hey, Paul, they're gonna put you in jail in Jerusalem. I know, let's go. Paul, if you go into that city, they're gonna stone you, I know. Let's go, preach the gospel. But Paul, if you go into that temple, you know they're going to arrest you and they're gonna put you in jail and they're gonna beat you. And Paul says, let's go because the gospel's gotta go forth. Paul was bold, but Paul didn't just say it. Paul did it. He didn't say, all right, church, at Ephesus, I want you to stand. All right, church, I want you to stand in Thessalonica. All right, church, in Corinth, I want you to stand. Paul himself stood. We see this here in Acts chapter number 24. I want you to see in verse number five, these, these, though, those that brought Paul before the priest, and now Paul is standing before Felix, the governor's, the governor's palace, Paul stands and we see the accusation of Paul. We have found this man a pestilent fellow. I, I mean, that word itself just sounds so childish, doesn't it? But that's the accusation against Paul. What, what does this word mean? Harmful or dangerous to the morals or to society. He's, he, is, he is troublesome. He's this man is going against everything that we know is right. He's turning it all upside down. I want you to see first what we see in, in verse number five of this, of this portion of scripture. We see Paul's testimony in standing in the day of trouble. How many of you would agree Paul's in trouble? I mean, the truth is it's not going to get much worse for Paul. Paul's going to die. 
Paul has been arrested. Remember, in a few chapters earlier, they, they, uh, the brethren there, as Paul said, I want to I leave and I want to get to Jerusalem. They said, no, don't go there because if you go there, you're going to get bound and, and we, we fear you're going to be beaten and, and we'll probably never see you again. And Paul said, you know, I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to get to Jerusalem. And if I, if I get beaten, I get beaten. If I get jailed, I get jailed. If my life is taken, that's fine. I'm ready to be offered. I've, I've ran my course. I've fought a good fight. I've kept what he says is I've stood and if it's my time to go it's my time to go but least I know that I've stood Paul's testimony in standing in the day of trouble now Paul is in this day worse than it's ever been before Paul has found himself now taken he's been beaten the guards have had to come in to take uh, Paul away from the the uh, the priest because they were plotting to kill him and even in the chapters uh, that we'll see in the next couple weeks we're going to find that Paul they're still planning to kill Paul they're doing everything they can to take Paul's life and what does Paul do Paul still has a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ because Paul was not willing to conform to this world. Paul was not willing to enjoy the things of this world and to live for the things of this world. Paul was not willing to be caught up in religion and religious things. Paul was not going to conform to anything that was untruthful because Paul found Jesus Christ. His life was changed. His soul was saved. He's living for Christ. And now Paul has a testimony, not just in words, but in actions. They even say this man is harmful because of what he's preaching. Paul's testimony was that he stood for something. An old Christian today, I believe that every single one of us that named the name of Christ, we ought to be known for standing for something today, and that something needs to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth of this word. I wish I could stand up here today and say, you know what, don't worry, we're going we're gonna to be fine. Let's just hold off a few more months and listen to me, church. The truth of the matter is persecution may get worse. I'm not, I'm not preaching to scare anybody today. I'm preaching to cause us to stand. We don't stand for Christ just because things are good. We don't stand for Christ just because our bills are paid and because we have a job and because my, my spouse is nice to me and my, my, uh, I have healthy kids and, 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 and America is free. Listen to me. We should stand for Christ if none of those things existed. We don't stand just because things are going our way, because we get our way. I'll love you, Jesus, because you're blessing me. Listen to me, if you never receive what you think is another blessing as long as you live, if you are saved, you have the greatest blessing of all time. Jesus Christ gave you eternal life. He saved your soul from hell. He's given you a place in heaven. He's gone to prepare a place for you. If you never have another blessing that you think upon this earth, you've been blessed, and therefore we should stand. Paul's testimony was that he stood for something. He stood for truth. Paul shows us here in this passage of scripture that he was known because of his zeal for the Lord. You know what Paul finds himself in trouble for? Serving the Lord. How many of us would be guilty of that? I mean, simply, he, 
He was preaching Jesus Christ and he finds himself in trouble. Listen to me. It's not time to just go with the flow. It's not time to just, let's not make waves. Let's just see what happens. If you stand for the truth, you are going to be known. We ought to be known of as a church in the greater Toledo area that stands for the truth, that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to be known as a church that, that preaches there's a heaven and there's a hell. We ought to be known as a church that preaches against sin. We ought to be known as a church that preaches about God's grace and his forgiveness of sin. That ought to be our testimony of a church. And oh, listen to me, church. It's not just a name of a church or a building. The church is you as an individual. As we leave this place and go into our communities and go into our workplaces, we as individuals ought to be known for standing for truth things that you're tempted with at work, you ought to be known that you stand for truth. When things are talked about and things are done, you ought not be the dishonest employee. You ought to be the one that stands for truth. You don't take paper clips and pens home. No, I'm kidding. I say that I have a whole pocket of pens at home. The church bought. I need to get them back. When things are done when when bad attitudes are had and gossip is there and, and the boss is criticized that's not what we ought to be involved in we ought to be standing for truth paul secondly i hurry today how many of you are still cold let me forgot about being cold oh, okay i'm not preaching hard enough then I want you to see, first of all, Paul's testimony in standing for truth second uh, first of all second of all i want you to see paul's desire in standing in the day of trouble. Look with me in verse number 16. Acts chapter 24, verse number 16. Bear with me, this pages are blowing all over here. And herein do I exercise myself. He said, this is what I strive to do. How many of you like that word exercise? How many of you exercise this morning? How many of you know what exercise is? You've heard it, but how many of you know what it is? It's that, it's that really bad word. The doctor says, and you say, can't you just give me a pill? <laughs> no, you need to exercise. Get your heart rate up. Do this on purpose. Discipline yourself. Go for a run. Go for a jog. Do something. Exercise. Paul says, here in, do I exercise. On purpose do I do this to make this a discipline in my life. To have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. I've heard some people say, you know, I don't care what man thinks. I, all, all that matters, I'm right with God. Paul didn't say that. Paul says, you know what I exercise? That there's no offense between me and God, and there's no offense between me and another man. You say, well, Paul, Paul lived. I, I don't live to please other men. No, but Paul lived so there was not offense with other men. Paul had a desire, and that desire was to be right with God and to be right with others. Oh, listen to me, Christian. You could be right with God, but if you're offensive toward others, they're not going to listen to your message. Oh, I read my Bible before I went to work today, but I went to work today, and I was the, I was the, 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 the worst employee. They're not going to listen to your message. His desire was to live like Christ Jesus. His desire was to know what the Holy Spirit of God desired out of his life and to live it. 
Listen, I'm simply saying to you this, we are going, we are in a day of trouble and we need to have a desire to stand so there's no offense between us and God and no offense between us and others. There's no, no, uh, we, no man, Paul said, I, I, I owe no man anything. Paul wasn't holding on to grudges. Paul wasn't, uh, didn't have ill will toward others. Paul didn't live a life of envy or jealousy. He didn't live a life of pretense. Paul didn't live a life trying to be offensive to others. Paul lived life. He said, my desire, I'm in a day of trouble, and my desire is to be right with God and to be right with others. Oh, uh, that we strive to do this. I really believe this, Christian. We are living in our last days, and we need to have uh, uh, as little offense with others as we can possibly have because we've got to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I could be the world's worst neighbor, and none of my neighbors are going to listen to me when I try to tell them about Jesus Christ. You know what you do? You live in a way. You say, I'm not going to live my life trying to please man. Well, live it, try not to be offensive. You know what that means? I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Christ. And oh, my friend, listen to me. If you desire to live a life for Christ, you are going to be a blessing to other people because God is going to use you to be a blessing to other people. A person that's right with God, God's going to use you in your neighborhood. A, a husband that's right with God, he's going to use you to minister to your wife. A wife that's right with God, God's going to use you to minister to your husband. Uh, parents that are right with God, God's going to use you to minister to your children. A child that's right with God, God's going to use you to, to minister to your parents. A Christian that's right with God is going to go to work and, and they're going to be honest and they're, they're going to work well and they're going to have a good testimony and they're going to be great employees. Why? Because Paul said, I've got a desire in standing in the last day that I don't want to be an offense to anyone. You see, listen to me, Christian. Paul knew that his calling was to give the gospel out. And thirdly and lastly, I want you to see this. Paul, in standing in the last days, he had a testimony. He had a desire. And look with me in verse number 24 and 25 of this chapter. Chapter 24 and 25, Paul says this. The Bible says this. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Jerusalem, which was a Jewish, she was, she was a Jew, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. You see Paul's message? Paul, in the darkest day of trouble he's ever lived in to this point, he's still giving the message of faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have convenient season, I will come for thee. Paul's message in standing in the day of trouble is his faith in Christ. Paul didn't try to reason his way out of this. Paul simply talked of his faith in Christ. And Paul's faith in Christ caused Felix to tremble. Don't miss this, church. It wasn't Paul that caused Felix to tremble. It was what he spoke of, Jesus Christ. 
We live in a day of trouble. And you know what our world needs to hear? Jesus. Jesus. The hope that we find in him. The hope that we find in Christ. The gospel message to death, the burial, and the resurrection, that needs to be what the message of the Christian is because it's what causes those to tremble when they hear it because it is truth. Oh, the things, the programs that we do as a church, they're good, but let's get the gospel out. These last five years, I... I pray that our church, five more years from now, I pray that our church is standing. I pray through the end of this year, our church stands. I pray those that are watching on, online that you stand. I pray that those that are here today, that you determine that I'm going to stand. I pray that husbands and wives right now determine that we are going to stand. Satan wants to destroy your home. He wants your marriage to be done. He wants to implode it. He wants you to hate each other and despise each other. Because when someone sees you in your marriage, they don't want to see what the gospel can do. He wants them to see division. Raising children, some say it's impossible. Look at the generation that we're raising. We were talking yesterday, I was with a couple fellas and we were visiting the greens, and um, some of you golfers will get that. We were out, and they started talking about, and these guys were older fellas. Matter of fact, they were wanting us to play in the senior tees. I'll tell you how old they were. And, um, and, and so they were talking about, um, uh, like, these old black and white shows. And then they were talking about, like, old shows. And then shows that you just can't even see, find anymore. And then you start thinking about the things that are just flooding our homes and our ears and our eyes in today's world. It's just, it's just the things that we're, we're, our kids are exposed to. I, I don't even remember the name of the show. I, I, there's there's a, the one that was out there. You said, you're going to start preaching on TV. I'm not preaching on, on against TV. I'm just preaching about what is shown it, it, it was the modern modern family, I think, is what it was called. And 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 we have to have we have to have uh, 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 politically correct in the modern family. Everything's got to be. And we're just we're just putting this stuff in front of our children, and we're 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 making them think it's normal and okay. God, give us homes that stand. God, give us parents that stand. God, give us young people that'll stand. That'll stand with a testimony, that will stand with a desire to please the Lord and stand with a message that will stand. Listen to me, church. We are in a day of trouble. It's time that we determine that we are going to stand. Our homes are going to be right with God. Our church is going to be right with God. We're going to stand in this wicked day. If the Lord tarries his coming, it may be just a few. We are going to be a remnant that stands for the word of God and the truth of God. How many of you would say, I agree with that, and that's my desire. Would you say amen? Father, help us. 
in these wicked days to stand. Stand with a testimony that we are not giving in to the traditions of man. We are not standing for religion. We are standing for truth. God help us. We stand with a desire to please God and a desire to not have offense toward others, with others. May they see us and desire the relationship that we have with an almighty God. May they see us different. May they see us honest and truthful. May we stand. God, may we stand with our message, the message of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, if there's one here today that has never trusted you as their Savior, I pray you'd give them the courage today and the understanding today to stand and trust you as their Savior. May they be gloriously saved today. Lord, maybe there's some that need to come out of hiding and say, you know what, I need to be, I need to be baptized today. I need to make a public profession of faith that I am standing for Jesus Christ. Maybe some need to say, I need to be baptized today or join the church today. Well, Lord, maybe there's some that have sin in their life and they need to get it right. God, maybe there's a husband and a wife that need to stand, determine I am going to stand for Jesus Christ in my home. We're going to stand. Maybe there's a young person today that says it's not easy. But Lord, give them the courage to stand. Lord, they'll be made fun of, they'll be persecuted. Lord, may they put on that whole armor of God to be able to withstand Satan. During this troublesome time in our country, Lord, give us Christians that stand, that stand for truth. Build our church. Strengthen our church. Grow our church. And Lord, I pray that our church would stand. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our invitation this morning, maybe God has worked in your heart and there's something that you need to do, some way that you have been convicted to stand, something that you need to do to take a step, something that you need to do to live for Christ in your neighborhood, at your workplace. Maybe you need to join the church this morning and you can see pastor, you can see myself and We would be happy to help you through those next steps. Maybe you want to get baptized. Maybe there's some step that God has convicted you and you need to do. We pray that this morning you will do that. But more importantly than all of those things is this being able to stand in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe this morning as you heard the message, your heart was pricked that you do not have that that personal relationship with Jesus and you would like to have that. This morning, we want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. This morning, we want to give you the opportunity to put your faith and trust in Him so that you can stand when difficulty and problems come into your life. It's as easy as this. The Bible says that we have to believe and we have to confess. This morning, you heard that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for you. 
He was buried and he rose again. The Bible teaches us that he did that to pay the penalty for you and for me. And this morning, if you believe that, all you have to do is confess that. And it's through a prayer to God that you, with your heart wide open, just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sins separate me from you. But this morning, I want to put my faith and trust in the gift of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And I'm trusting in him. So if you'd bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning, maybe you're sitting here and you say, that's me. That's what I want to do. This morning, I want to be able to stand in a faith that is firm in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I ask you, will you pray this prayer along with me this morning, understanding that it's not the prayer, but it's believing in your heart that Jesus died for you. And if you just repeat this back to God, you would say, Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and that I deserve hell. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for my sin and rose from the dead three days later. Today, I'm placing my faith and trust in you alone to forgive my sin and give me the gift of eternal life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe there's somebody here this morning, you'd say, Pastor Chris, this morning I prayed that prayer. I've never done that before, but this morning I did that. Would you just slip your hand up? We just simply want to pray with you and, and praise God for you that you made that decision this morning. You just slip your hand up and put it down. Father, you see the hands here. You see the hearts. And Lord, you know that we need you to be able to stand in the evil day. And Father, we pray that you will work in our hearts and that you will do a work this week in our lives to help us to stand for you. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, before you go, you may have heard at the beginning of our service that this is pastor's fifth year anniversary. And so we wanted to do something special for Pastor and for his wife, Michelle. So if you'd come and meet with Pastor. Just so the church knows, the number of pastors that leave the ministry between year three and year five is extremely high. The number of pastors that have left the ministry because of COVID is extremely high. So for our pastor not to leave the ministry, leave this place in year three, year four, and hopefully not in year five. He, and for him to go through COVID and to be able to lead our church to do this is a great testimony to the pastor that we have. So we want to do something this morning and just honor him, something a little bit uh, special because of year five. And so the deacons have put together uh, something that they're going to give to him and honor him. So if you'll just stay with us for just a minute. And uh, Brian Mitchell is the chairman of our deacons. And so he has a presentation for Pastor Michelle. If uh, Pastor Michelle could come up, we have some 
things to give them. As they have indicated, it's been five years. Does anybody know why five-year anniversary is? It's uh, it's wood. So I, I have a couple gag gifts. I got some wood tees for Pastor. And I got a wooden rolling pin for, for Michelle to use as she pleases. <laughs> so... I think she's going to, she just said to me, not, hey, great message, babe, wonderful. She said, it was an asteroid, not a meteor. That's what she just said to me. That's the only thing she got out of the message. It was an asteroid, not a meteor. Uh, but uh, seriously, uh, no, in recognition, we have a two-night stay at Landel's Mohican Castle. And uh, I think it's, it's for, pardon me? It's, I guess. I don't know. I didn't make the reservation, so I really don't know. <laughs> and then uh, we have some, some flowers for Michelle. And then we had the church write letters of appreciation, and they, they're in the basket here. So uh, we, all, we have that to, to give to you. We do appreciate everything you do, and we know that he would not be the man he is without the, the woman that you are. So we thank you for your five years of service. And I see Pastor Cox is walking away, so I guess I'm closing the service. <laughs> so uh, let's give him another round of applause, and I'll, I'll end in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for Pastor and Michelle. I just uh, pray that you protect them. I pray that you just fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would be the couple that you would have them to be. I pray that you bless their family. I pray that you bless this church. I pray that he leads it. I pray that he would be, be doing your will. I just pray that he would lean, lean on you. And I just pray that this church would uh, go on for years to come. I ask this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.